Hello angels, my name is Heaven. I am a Reiki master and a teacher, a truth seeker and a light worker, and I am here to share my voice in all things spiritual, witchy, and crystals. Join along on this beautiful journey of growth, teaching, and learning. I am so happy to have you here with me together. so pumped as usual as every episode to be here this week we're going to be talking about me and like the leo in me loves this (laughs) although it does seem odd that i haven't started my podcast on this level um, or on this foot but so many people want to know like how I got here, what my journey was like up to this point and let's do it. Like, let's talk about it. Let's get into it and see like, how did I go from like extreme party animal who was doing really reckless things to like the, the woman who just likes to stay in on a Friday and Saturday night now and play board games. And I genuinely enjoy that. (laughs) That is like my fun it has shifted. I have shifted. Everything has shifted. And I'm really excited to share this piece of me with you guys. So if you've listened to my previous episodes, you would know that I grew up in a pretty spiritual household. My parents love talking about ghost stories, conspiracies, all of the fun, juicy stuff that fuels me now. (laughs) I got to grow up with that. However, I didn't always grow up practicing these rituals and leading the life that I currently do. There were a lot of moving parts that brought me to where I am today, and I don't want to lose any of them, but I'm really just allowing my channel and my flow to come through. I didn't even write notes for this like I thought I would. I'm just showing up. I'm just sharing this with you and like definitely feels a little vulnerable Definitely a little bit vulnerable because the story is just, it's a lot. It can be a lot, a lot for me, of course. (laughs) Everyone's capacities are very different, but for me, it's putting myself out there. So as I mentioned, I grew up this way. I really want to say that my spirituality began probably when I was 21 or 22, That age really seems like the time that I actually started to dive into what that means for me and a lot brought me there. My parents who are now friends went through really bad divorce truthfully and it was something that not only rocked my sister and I but the whole family, all of my friends, everyone thought that they were going to be together forever and then they just weren't and I was the rock. I do claim that throughout I was the one that my mom would rant to my dad would rant to my sister would rant to and it put me in this place to tap into my inner strength and to show up for everyone and at the time I was 17 I had just gone off to college it was definitely an experience that I am so grateful for now that is That was the catalyst for Callie and I to really come back to each other. And of course, you guys know Callie's my sister and we didn't grow up best friends. We grew up very disconnected from each other. So to have something so big happen 
to not only me, but to my sister, it really brought us closer together and it really started to shape that bond. And I'm so blessed for it. I would never, ever, ever change it for even a second. It really shaped who I am today. The divorce was really messy and it really brought through a lot of money problems, a lot of limiting mindset beliefs. We didn't grow up when we were children very rich at all. We were actually quite poor. However, my parents made it like such a big part of their goal was to know, was to have us not know that we were poor. They gave to us before they gave to themselves. They had us feeling happy. My childhood was incredible. I really do feel like I had a great childhood and I have to thank them for that. They didn't grow up in the best homes always and to see what came for my sister and I from that was just, it was incredible. It really is something that I'm forever grateful for. So through this divorce, I went off to college. My mom moved out west, which left my sister and my dad together to bond. (laughs) And they are alike. They are so alike. And there was guilt within me that I left my sister behind and went on to pursue my own thing, especially during something that was so life-changing for the both of us. But I didn't want to stop living my life just because of something like that. So I went off to college for aesthetics, blessed for that experience. I worked really hard. I competed during my program and I actually ended up coming out as the second best esthetician in Ontario. So I really... I spent all of my energy and my time and my focus on schooling so that I didn't have to think of anything else that was going on. Now, my sister was still in high school, so she was really going through it. She definitely felt disconnected from everyone, a lot of people, and I carried so much guilt with that. Now I don't. I released myself. But at the time, it was really hard to see. And in return, it had me feeling really disconnected from myself as well. So once I I finished aesthetic school, I moved back to my hometown. I lived in Cornwall, moved to Kingston for schooling, and then went back to Cornwall. And I started working for a small local spa there. And I really enjoyed it. I really, really did. It showed me a lot. Working for a small business owner really shows you what it takes to run a small business. And I am, again, so grateful for it. However, at the time, I knew I wasn't meant to make $12 an hour or whatever it was. And that's at no fault of my employer at the time. That was just what estheticians got paid. That was the reality. We were blessed to get tips as well. But it really showed me this piece of me, this fire that wanted more. I finally realized I wanted more. When I moved back home, I was absolute best friends with my sister. She really was like, and still is that person that truthfully I could say I would die for her. (laughs) I don't know how many people I would say that for, but she's definitely one. Um, We grew so close and so many people were envious of that relationship. And I'm like, you can have it too. And it's something that I leaned on so much in those years. And we really healed a lot of resentment that we might've carried towards each other, especially seeing as I left. And that felt really good. And she helped me through a lot and I helped her through a lot. And it really showed what a twin flame when they're in unity could look like, like the power that could come from that, the love that could come from that. And I knew that there was something deeper to that connection than what I knew at the time. I felt something deeper and I didn't know what it really was. So further on, 
This would have been 2015. Further on in that year, my mom invited us to come out west to Banff. She said, why don't we go for a little fun road trip and have girls time and we can go to the mountains. And I was like, okay, like I love the idea of a trip and some girls time. Don't know what's so special about the mountains. Let's go. Let's do this. I guess it sounds fun. Oh, we know why I live here now. Because when I got here, my heart like was just swept away from the beauty that was within this country, within my reach. It was the first time I ever experienced anything like this. And anyone who has been to the mountains, the first time you enter them, you can't explain it. It's so magical and so powerful. So while I was here, I applied for a job. (laughs) I applied for a job right away. I was like, no, I'm staying here. We're doing it. Had a phone interview. It was for another spa, a resort spa, very high-end, high-class spa. I got the job right away just because of my credentials for being the second best in Ontario, second best esthetician, and I got the job. But fear stepped in the way. I listened to the fear and I, I said, I can't do it. I have to stay in my hometown. And I think that at the time, I was still feeding that guilt a little bit of, I can't leave again. That was really detrimental to my mental health and my sister, and I couldn't do it again. So, I went back to my hometown and continued working that job that, you know, filled my cup, but not entirely. It was good, but not like the thing that made me feel really whole. So I did that for another year. And the whole time I was home, the home life wasn't the best. I'll definitely say that. We were still grieving a whole family being split into two. The grief lasted multiple years. I had to witness my mom heal and my dad and my sister and myself. And I got to witness my dad not get into the best relationship. And that impacted our family so deeply. And again, it happened for a reason. And he's now with a wonderful woman that I consider my second mom. And I love her so much. And I'm just so glad to be able to see my dad raise like that and rise up to what is what he's deserving of. But at the time, it definitely wasn't the case. And as that was the household, I seeked a partner like that. I started dating a guy and I thought he was going to be my next husband. I loved him so much. And I was like head over heels and he was horrible to me. He cheated on me and he wasn't great. And again, I healed from that. I don't hold any resentment towards him. But when we broke up and I found out all of these things, it sent me into such a spiral that I didn't know how to handle myself. I would just drink. And I was definitely at that age where all my friends, we were drinking two, three, four times a week. It was the thing to do. Let's go to the bars. Let's hit it up. Like, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And my body was screaming at me. My body was begging me to stop. And I didn't listen. I never listened. And as a result, I got really sick. I was in the hospital. I gave myself a heart condition that's called pericarditis. And before that even happened, they misdiagnosed me with a heart attack, with a stroke, because pericarditis does not happen to people my age. It's just so rare. And what it is, is an infection in the fluid that surrounds the heart. My body was screaming at me and begging. And in return, I did not listen. And I got that. So I spent some time in the hospital which was a slap in the face and a reality check because I created that myself. Um, And it happened to my heart 
for a reason. I was holding on to so much heaviness that my heart could not handle it anymore. I was like, no, we need something new. I'm begging you for something new. So that's what I did. I gave it something new. I moved to the mountains. I said yes to the mountains. I was like, you know what? I need this for myself. I need this for my healing. Let's go. And Banff was great. It was not the thing to heal my body. It healed my soul, I think, a little bit. But anyone who has lived in Banff would know that all you do is drink and all you do is party and you have minimal sleep. And that is that. It nearly killed me. I really want to say that. I thought it was going to be the thing to heal me. I was in the hospital all of the time with heart pains. I was always sick. It lowered me down so much. And while I was out here, I experienced for the first time ever losing people that were my friends. I had these beautiful, I have these beautiful angels now. My first ever boyfriend in high school (laughs) and one of my like, oh, okay. (laughs) one second I'm gonna give myself a little pep talk I lost two of my friends while I was out here to a car accident and one of them passed right away Hannah did not she didn't pass right away she held on for years but it was the first time I experienced like this deeper death and this death that wasn't fair it wasn't fair that they went through it And it really shook our hometown. I didn't know the third guy. There was three people, three beautiful, incredible souls that passed from this accident. But it really was the first time that I experienced something like this and I couldn't go home for it. And I feel like in that moment, my world was just, it just stopped. I was like, oh my God, can it get worse? Can this get worse? (laughs) Yeah, I can. (laughs) Because when you're in a state like that, you you attract that. And that's exactly what I did. I tracked that in through a partner. And I learned so much in that relationship. But I started dating someone at this point in my life. And I moved back to Cornwall for him. My excuse was not moving back for him, but because I wanted to go to nursing school, I decided I wanted to try and serve people on a different level, a different capacity, and that was through nursing. My parents are always on board with anything I do, and that's saying a lot because I really, I just, I do the things, I really do switch up, I love to try new things, and they've always supported it. When I told my mom that, she said, why are you doing that? That is going to burn you, up, burn you out. Please don't go into nursing. And I didn't listen. Why would I do that? I, <laughs> I don't have a record of listening <laughs> to them. So while their guidance is always in my best intention, I didn't feel like that in the, in the moment. I think because my mom didn't want me moving back to my hometown and because she really did know that nursing wasn't going to be for me. And I mean, here we are. I am not a nurse. Was not for me, but I moved back to my hometown for it. And yep, she was not wrong. I think my higher self knew that, you know, if I did continue with nursing when I started, I would have graduated this year into this pandemic. What the fuck? Thank God. Thank God my higher self knew that this was coming because I wouldn't have survived this. I would have quit. And this is just definitely not what I was set out to do. So I'm, again, thankful that I dropped out in those moments. When I moved back, 
to my hometown, it's funny. So I, I, when you leave and you travel and you meet new people, and that's what I did in Banff, I met people from all over the world, that changes a lot in you. It changes everything. It changes your perspective on life, on friendships, on cultures, on just how you interact with people. It changes you a lot. And I went back to my hometown expecting everything else to have changed as rapidly as I did. And it didn't. Of course it didn't. It's not how it works. And so when I went back to my hometown, I was really disappointed. I was disappointed to be back in the same spot. I was disappointed that no one else changed on the capacity that I did. I was so excited about these Australian friends, these English friends, these Swedish friends that like these Kiwi friends that all came to visit me at some point and everyone was like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Have, I don't care. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. So I was really disappointed and I was even more disappointed that I entered a friend, a relationship that just was so unaligned so unaligned for what I wanted and what I needed. And I learned so much through this. Throughout my nursing, I also learned that that is not what I meant to do. I had this deep calling in a biology class in that nursing program. And it was, you're going to be an entrepreneur. You're going to do the thing. You're going to do the thing. Let's do the thing. You're ready. You've worked in the field for three years and you are ready. So I dropped out that next day and I said, dad, mom, I'm going to open a spa. And they're like, okay, cool. What do you need from us? That was their reaction. Let's do it. I'm ready. I'm so down. My mom, of course, refrained from saying the, I told you, so I knew you wouldn't like nursing. She refrained and I (laughs) am grateful for it, but I did know. And I know she knows that she was right. (laughs) And so we, started the business I shared it with my partner at the time and he was so against it his family was against it it was too risky that's a really big risk nursing is safe stay safe and I was like hell no and I know this was something that they didn't love because I was just so against it and I was like no I'm never gonna be the one to play it safe we don't grow there that's just not my Sagittarian nature to stay in the same spot so My dad brought me, he actually was the one who sent me the listing. He started looking at listings for where my actual spa would be. And he brought me to one and it's all I needed, the one. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. I didn't have a plan. I started actually coming up with a business plan, but I didn't feel like I actually had a plan. I was just winging it. And so many people ask me like, how did you do this, Hev? How did you build a business? How did you start a business? I just did it before it even made sense. I just started taking the messy action because I knew deep within me that's what I wanted. And I have to thank that girl because she was still so unhealed. She was so disconnected, but she could still hear that calling. And that's how I know it was so loud because being that unhealed and that disconnected and still hearing it. Wow. (laughs) Wow. So the physical location needed a lot of work when I said yes to it. I didn't even think about how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to bring clients? And I just took it one day at a time. I trusted. I surrendered. I knew. And my location was black and red. Black and red. You all know my branding. That is not me. It was a tattoo shop before, which I came, I became 
like best friends with the the owner's wife. She was a dear client of mine. I loved her so much. And I didn't know a single thing or what I needed to do to get that space ready. And this is where I have to bless my beautiful grandparents because not only did my parents say yes to this, my grandparents said yes to this, specifically on my dad's side. My grandpa, I call him grumpy. So I'm not going to even call him my grandpa, my grumpy. He is a contractor. You can give him any job and he will do it. Oh my gosh. Like you've never seen anything like this before. He does such an incredible job. And so he walks in and he's like, oh shit. I think I actually have it on video. And he's like, wah. That's always his reaction to anything our family brings his way. Like, can you help us with this? Oh, Jesus. And then he does the thing. He does the magic every single time. (laughs) And that's what he did with my spa. While he was doing physical labor and never expected a dime, me and my grandma went to every single retirement home, seniors home in the city and handed out my business cards because I really wanted to work with people who deserved the pampering the most, the ones who received it the least. And I feel like that was also me showing that piece of my soul that I could still serve the type of people that I wanted to in nursing. I really wanted to show up for them. So we spent days handing out business cards and my grandpa spent months getting my location ready and I opened my spa on July 4th of 2018. I opened my spa. I opened a spa. (laughs) And I just put myself out there. I shared it on Instagram. I said, I'm doing a thing. If you want to support me, I would love to see it. I'm ready for this. And my first few months were very slow. They were so slow. And I've got to thank that like perseverance. I went and looked back at my calendar and I was lucky to have three or four clients a week. And I just remember the excitement. I didn't even care. I didn't care if it was hardly enough to pay my bills. I was so content and so happy in my business. Anywhere else in my life, I probably would have avoided talking about it. I was so unhappy in my personal life. I was in a relationship, the same one that I moved back to my hometown for, that disconnected me from my family, from my friendships, that kept me very much just in his presence. I was not to hang out with anyone. I was not to go anywhere without permission. I was not to speak certain things. I wasn't allowed to be myself. And it took a toll on me. I experienced emotional abuse through this. Callie begged me to sleep over at my own house because she missed me. And I didn't. I didn't listen. She begged me to just hang out and to go for lunch and I still didn't go. I was so consumed by the fear of like doing the opposite thing. I was never physically abused. However, I don't think it wouldn't have gone there if I had stayed. He definitely was, he had his whole control over me and it was hard. I also, at that time, and I'll put a trigger warning of abuse of all kinds. Trigger warning. <laughs> I had to Google what sexual abuse was. 
I had to Google it because I didn't know what it was. And when I got the answer and found out that, yeah, your partner can assault you sexually, my world came crashing down. I spent a full day in bed crying. No one knew in my business. My business was actually taking off at this point. I could show up for everyone else except for myself. I could show up for everyone. But not me. (laughs) The first time I expressed what was actually going on, and I know people witnessed it. I know my friends saw. I know my family saw. I know they probably tried to tell me, like, Hev, this is not it, and I didn't listen because how can you hear it? You can't hear it. I remember it being Christmas Eve, and... I asked my partner if Callie could sleep over because at the time she was going to university and she had nowhere else to go. And I said, of course you can sleep over. It's Christmas. And he told me, no, he said, your sister can't sleep over. And yes, at this point I was living with him. We had a place together. My dad moved to Ottawa. So I, I had to get my own place and I didn't feel like I could do it alone. So I asked him to move in with me. And it was Christmas Eve and there was this whole fight and I decided for God knows what reason to go get a Brazilian this day. (laughs) And Callie came with me and I was in tears. I was literally getting strips ripped out of me crying, not at the pain from the physical Brazilian, but because he was breaking up with me if I asked if my sister slept over. So... That was interesting. And that was the first time I asked Callie, I'm like, is this an abusive relationship? And she said, yeah, it is. This is abusive. I said, okay, it is. I'm going to leave. I didn't leave. I didn't. I stayed for another year, actually. I stayed for another freaking year. And no one knew this. (laughs) Like, I feel like people will listen to this and go, wow, I had no idea. And at this point, my business blew up. I think just it's what I needed to survive. It was all that I relied on for my happiness. It was my business. My clients filled me up in ways that I couldn't feel I was numb to outside of work. And I became so busy that I was booked out three or four months in advance. I got my oncology certification when my grandmother died during this time because she passed from cancer. And I remember coming to visit her on Vancouver Island and I, we couldn't go to the spa because they couldn't touch her. She had cancer. We can't touch her. It's too risky. And I said, fuck no. I'm going to learn how to do this. And I'm going to provide this. And that blew my business up. I became certified to treat oncology patients and open up that safe space for them. I went on CBC News, I went all over. I went. I blew up in our town. I blew up in the towns nearby. I blew up in Ottawa. Everywhere was writing articles about me. It was huge. It was incredible. And I'm so like, I look at that version of me and I'm like, wow, look what, when you need to be strong, what that looks like. And I just, it allowed me to serve on such a large level. But when my cup wasn't filled up at home in my personal life, 
it became very quick for me to fall into burnout. And that's exactly what I did. I burned myself out so badly that my heart was hurting again. I developed vertigo. I had my license taken from me. So then I was really trapped at home with this with this partner. I actually couldn't physically leave without permission. Like, can you please drive me somewhere? And that was horrible to experience. It was just like how I felt back in 2015 with my heart. Hopeless and lost. And then I got my first tarot deck when I couldn't drive. I walked to my mall and I got a tarot deck. I don't know what took over me. I have no idea. <laughs> but I went and bought it. And then I hated it because I kept getting the death card. And I thought that it was a horrible card to get. I don't want this deck. I keep getting the death card. And for those who don't know, the death card is nothing to be afraid of. It's a very beautiful card. It means you're ready for rebirth. You are ready to let go. And I knew that I was, I was just too afraid. So I opened up to one of my best friends and I love her so much. And I sat down with her and she was of a spiritual mind as well. And I just said, I need some help. And I was crying to her and she just witnessed me and it felt really good. And Alyssa, if you're listening, I fucking love you. <laughs> she's not only one of my best friends, she's also a client now. So I get to witness her in this full circle, which I love. And I remember one day, the day that I gained the strength. Actually, let's rewind that because I want to talk about my Reiki. My Reiki was in all this. So let's talk about my Reiki journey first. My Reiki journey began in the depths of all of this because after the death card kept coming up, I knew I needed some help. I knew I needed something more. And then Reiki popped in my mind. My dad was actually talking about it. And I was like, what? What is that? That sounds really cool. And I waited and I waited and I waited until the right master came my way. And she did. And she showed me this potential that no one else has ever shown me. And again, I knew that I could serve on such a larger scale if I was able to tap into energetics because everyone always told me, I tell you everything. I tell you about affairs that even my best friend doesn't know. And I just feel like you're someone who hears me and doesn't judge me and all these things. And I was like, this has to mean something. And Reiki showed me, yeah, I hold space really, really well. That's a superpower when you can do that. So I got my first level and I started treating myself every day because it's the only thing I could give myself. It was the only gift I could give myself. Reiki every single day. And then I started doing Reiki on my clients. And then I got my level two. And then I got my level three. And I felt so empowered. But at this point, I didn't have space in my business because I was booked three or four months in advance with services that I had already, you know, advertised for. And it wasn't Reiki. So I was like, shit. <laughs> so I would just add it into my facials. I would just add it in here and there to things. It would just flow when people needed it. And then one day, it was August of 2019. I was still with my partner at the time. We went to Ottawa and I got my eyebrows microbladed and my eyelash extensions done for free. I had one to give away. And this took longer than expected. And he decided he had wanted to join me. And I told him, I don't know how long it's going to take, but he wanted to come. So he did. And then he screamed at me the entire way home because it took longer. 
that he wanted to wait. He screamed at me to the point where I said on the, one of the busiest highways, I'm getting out. I'm done. I'm getting out. I didn't. My ego definitely wanted me staying safe. So we got home and I said, no, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm done. I'm not. I'm done. And I had said that many times before. So I thought it was just that again. And this is the first time that I asked for support outside of me. I asked spirit for support. I was sobbing on the couch, feeling like crap, trying not to cry because I did just get my eyelash extensions done. (laughs) I was trying not to cry, but I was. And I said, spirit, I need a sign right now. I need the strength. I can't do this alone. And I looked down at my phone and I didn't have the YouTube app downloaded. A YouTube notification popped up on my phone and the title was, We Broke Up. That's it. And this came at the exact moment that I asked for it. And that gave me the strength. I listened. I felt so strong. I felt heard. I felt seen. I felt like supported. And I followed through with it. I became strong and spirit lifted me and supported me in that journey. And it was incredible. So he moved out. I showed myself that I fucking can live on my own without anyone's help. I can do it by myself. And I did. My business, if I thought it wasn't already going well, blew up even more. It blew up even more. More people out of nowhere started coming my way. And it was incredible. And two weeks after I said no more of this to my ex, Joshua entered my life. (laughs) It was not the plan, but it happened and I allowed it to. And I'm definitely going to have him on the podcast so we can talk about our story a little more because it is just so beautiful. I love the story so much. Truthfully, I'm biased though. (laughs) And through that, I finally gained the strength to start listening to my spiritual side and tuning into it. I knew this meant something and I I knew it meant that I was extremely gifted or there was something bigger. So I started listening and I hired a coach and she helped me tap into it and it empowered me in a way that I'd never been empowered before I moved apartments I didn't want to be there anymore so I moved into a new one that was all mine with my little my little baby honey she came with me and she has been here with me since the beginning me and my ex actually got her together he picked her out and then the day of adoption he didn't want to come he would rather play video games so I picked her out myself and I swear that was like yep That meant I paid for her myself. That meant she was mine. (laughs) And she has taught me so much. Animals truly save you. They do in so many ways. And she saved me so much. And I moved into this apartment all by myself. And I felt great. I was traveling. I traveled to Australia. I traveled to Mexico. I was about to travel to Nashville. And then COVID hit. COVID hit. I was doing long distance with Joshua. He was meant to move to Cornwall, my hometown, so I could continue running my business. And then COVID hit. And I was like, shit, this is not great. Not great at all. And we all know how those first few months went. 
They were horrible. I was forced to close my business down. And as I mentioned, I hate being controlled. And that's probably why I'm an entrepreneur. (laughs) I hated it. I was down for a total of seven days. I was unable to pay bills. I moved into Ottawa. I went to Ottawa to move in with my dad and my stepmom and my step-siblings so they could feed me because the government gave us nothing. And I was down seven days until I came up with a plan because humans are resourceful as hell. And I know I am. And that plan was my facial boxes. And that was the first time I made a lot of money, (laughs) like a lot of money. I put this idea out there. Why don't we have people doing facials at home? Simple. And it blew up. It blew up so big that I didn't have to worry about my bills. I was good. I was supported. I don't know where that idea even came from. I just, again, did it before it made sense. I just like completely was in flow. And it allowed me to come out west and travel and see my mom and see my sister and see my grandpa. And I spent four weeks out west. I kind of got stuck out here because flights canceled, but I just embraced it. (laughs) And then I got back home and I opened up my spa back up. We were allowed to open back up. This would have been June of 2020. We were allowed to open back up. Great. Woo. Let's do this thing. And then I was forced to take a stance against some of the tyranny that's going on in this country. And that's the masking. I actually could not, all of my health issues, health issues came back. I almost called 911. I dialed 911 while with a client because I could not breathe. I could not see. I was going to faint. I was going to pass out all of the time. So I said, you know what? I run the business. I make the rules. I'm not wearing a mask. And my client supported it. It was incredible. It was the first time I used my voice and I felt strong enough to use my voice. And it was incredible. So many people were just like, yes, you do you. And no one came knocking on my door to find me. That's a, that's a lie. Just in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> Through this time, it was definitely up and down with my long distance relationship, not in the fact of our strength, but it was hard because you'd, sorry, honey is in the bathroom disturbing me in the background. (laughs) One month we would be told that he could come soon, get my hopes up, crushed. This was probably a cycle of five or six times this happened. And then I just gave up and I was like, I'll see you when I see you, I guess. And we must've been crazy because we had only spent two weeks dating in person but we decided to wait 11 months for each other and through this time I really introduced Reiki into my business I would light people up about it it was going really well and then December hit and another lockdown came and I was like you know what screw it I'm not doing this anymore I'm done I don't want to live in this town anymore. It's been three years. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to deal with my landlord at my spa. He's horrible. He's treating me like trash. I'm done. (laughs) I closed it down. I said no more. I still remember December 23rd of 2020 was my last day of clients. I knew it was my last day. They didn't. I remember my last client. We're still connected. I love her so much. It was eyebrow and eyebrow wax. And when I was done with her, I just sat 
in the spa and I said, wow, this was incredible. And spirit came through again with a song. <laughs> oh, what was the name of the song? It was Goodbye and I can't remember who it's by. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm grieving. And Joshua witnessed me and that so many times, the tears, but I'm not sad. It's the death card all over again. Let's do the thing. Let's do the exciting thing. And at this point, I was so deep in my spiritual journey and my spiritual healing and healing my inner child and healing my burnout. And I was so ready to go that route. So I did. I closed my spa and I moved to the mountains. January 31st of 2021, we did the drive and we ended up here. And literally right now, I'm staring outside into the mountains and I'm grateful. This is exactly where I want to be. And I remember getting here and just feeling so held again, so secure. As I shifted from that version of me to this one, I lost a lot of people. I lost a lot of my friends as I decided I didn't want to live in that town anymore. And that was really hard. It still is something I'm releasing and healing from truly. I had lots of people say I must have a mental illness and friends that I thought were going to be my friends for the rest of my life sit in a circle and talk bad about me and not even be open to hearing my side of the story. They just, that was it. That was the end. And yes, I know now I am not worthy of those friends. A lot of our you know, connection was through gossiping or through drinking alcohol or it was just never anything that served me or fueled me. So I let go 80% of my friends. But what I've received in return has been nothing short of fucking amazing, truthfully. And I'm still open, of course, to ever having conversations with these people. Yes, like I've healed so much. I hold no resentment at all whatsoever. That's not who I am and I don't want to hold on to it. It's icky. Yeah, gross. <laughs> I've released a lot of it. It's still a work for my inner child. It is, but we're doing the thing. And when I released all of them, I really stepped into this new me and I said, I'm doing this fully. So I opened my spiritual business on March 21st and I started just by doing Reiki sessions here and there, card readings, and I healed my burnout a lot. I said things are going to be different this time. I'm not working 14 to 16 hour days like I did at the spa, which yes, I did that four to five times a week. I'm not doing it anymore. And I didn't. I got my Reiki teacher certification in June and it's been great. Like showing up in this way, in this capacity, I thought that my cup was full before. And this is a whole new level of helping people, helping this collective. And looking back on everything that I just said, how could I hold resentment towards any of the traumas, any of the hardships? Because it brought me here. It brought me to this place of being able to sit here podcasting about it. I could not even speak about these things even like eight months ago. I couldn't even do it. I've shown myself strength over and over and over and over again. And it's felt fucking incredible. I'm really proud of myself. I'm now a coach. I'm sitting here as a coach. I coach other people to step into this version of themselves that I can see so clearly for them. 
it's right there I'm now teaching as well like I teach Reiki I teach the thing that got me out of my misery out of my darkest days I teach the thing that saved me and it's just incredible to look back on and I truthfully haven't shared this story in this detail in so long I've journaled bits and pieces but it's been incredible I've learned a lot this year I've learned how to listen to myself before anyone else, anyone else. And I've invested in incredible coaches to support me more because I'm ready to grow and I know I can't do it alone because the version of me that I want to be, oh, she's big and she's coming. My higher self is ready. And we're doing this thing. 2022, like this year already has been so expansive and it just started snowing even though it's sunny out. I'm expanding and I'm so ready to help others expand. I am here to witness them and all of the things that they feel like no one else can, not even themselves. I'm freaking ready. <laughs> and this has been my journey. It's been an incredible one and it's going to be even more incredible. Like I can't wait to see what comes. I can't wait. And if you're still listening, I love you and thank you. Thank you for being here and thank you for wanting to learn all of this stuff about me that I don't share every day on my social media. I share bits and pieces, but thank you for your time because that's not something we get back and it really does mean the freaking world to me. It does. So thank you. I think I'm going to say that one more time because it feels good. So thank you. <laughs> also know if any piece of this story you find a reflection of you, I can hold you. I have the space. I have the capacity. I witness you. That's no coincidence. If you found any piece of yourself through this, know that that is a piece of you that is ready to be let go of, is ready to be seen. And I'm here. So send me a DM if you need me. <laughs> you know where to find me if you found this podcast. I am here. I am ready to serve. This is what I was made to do. And it doesn't feel greater than now. And again, I appreciate all of you guys for listening to this story. Listening. It's not even a story. This is my life. Thank you for listening to my life. And thank you for your time. <laughs> Have a great rest of your hump day. Happy Wednesday, babies. I love you so much. And I'll catch you next week. Bye, guys.